Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And this week we are covering The Woman in the Window. And I have titled this one, Guess Who? Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Which is more in the book than the movie, but, but yeah. Same size. All right. So the book was originally published January 2nd, 2018, and it's written by AJ Finn. It has a 3.96 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it's 427 pages. It was actually a really quick read, though. It was. I, like, flew through it. I was I read about half of it on the plane back yeah. to Seattle. Well, I love when thrillers have, like, short chapters. I figured you would love it. I don't understand why any thriller wouldn't have short chapters. Like, the whole point is to keep the plot going. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to build characters in a yeah, thriller. Yeah, there, so. there was definitely pages. Again, it was kind of like everything, everything. Yeah. There was like it was like a page and a half yeah. for a chapter. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: the next book or in two books, which one we're doing? Uh, the chapters are very long and they switch storylines mid chapter. Um, so. I don't know how I got you or I allowed you to let me agree to do. I, I found it at the Goodwill yesterday. Uh-huh. That book is thick. Yeah. So <laughs> spoiler: we're doing a Tom Clancy novel soon. The only thing I have to say though is when I was talking to my brother the other day, he was like, "So I haven't listened to the last couple episodes because they've been kind of girly." Oh. <laughs> Like, okay. Oh, okay. So you like haven't read everything? Everything. <laughs> He's like, no. So I'm hoping we'll like bring our male demographic back. Got it. Okay. Clancy, Clancy, but um, yeah, you're gonna absolutely hate it. <laughs> so great. Looking forward up. to the 700 plus pages it is. Uh, but the, back to the woman in the window. The movie just came out on Netflix uh, on May 14th, so it's only been about a couple weeks. Um, it's rated R. It's a crime drama mystery, and it's an hour and 40 minutes. Um, it was directed by Joe Wright, who did The Darkest Hour, Hannah, and Atonement. So he's, you know, into those kind of thriller type type movies. Is Atonement a thriller? I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, neither have I. So the IMDb synopsis reads, an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbors, only to witness a disturbing act of violence. You know what's funny is on the cover of the book, there's like a quote from Stephen King. Yeah. That's like, such a you know, novel idea, so creative, blah, blah. I was like, this is like the third book that I've read that had this same ex- and movie that has the same exact plot line. Literally. <laughs> it's I, not new. I think I need to stop reading thrillers because I've gotten to the point where like I'm like, okay, so what where's like the interesting stuff? Or like where's the like surprising stuff? Mm-hmm. I've I've guessed quite a few of them lately. Yeah, but you need anyway. to stop doing that. Yeah. So I'm trying to you know, brought in my yeah no that's not the answer um so i'm gonna skip fun facts um because i want to talk about the author so the author is a little um problematic i guess you can say so kind of what i've gathered is Who basically isn't these days right Jeez. so there's a lot of um uh, issue with the author and with the book specifically um basically the author lied about having cancer he lied that his family had died and other things to get into college and to also attain as his position as uh, an editor an editor at little brown and company wow. so i remember do you remember with the book um a million little pieces or something like that it was i like haven't AJ i have or yeah. something like that yeah he was a big d- Mm-hmm. problematic author too because he had basically lied about about a bunch of things so um he had the author of this book has since apologized and he has explained that he has bipolar 2 disorder which if he does and if it's true understandable but him lying about the you know having cancer yeah. like really you know mm-hmm. is uh i guess how do you want to say it like 
it's rude to everybody who actually has to go through right. cancer, who has actually experienced it. So uh, what is bipolar two? I didn't know there was a one and a two. I don't know, actually. I've never actually looked into it. But um, basically, yeah. So a lot of readers have problems with him because of his, his lying and basically that he's just respecting everyone that's actually gone through having cancer. So a lot of people Netflix have, didn't care. <laughs> no. And that's the funny thing, because, you know, I, I didn't know about it until one of like one of the other bookstagrammers I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. kept posting like you guys keep talking about this book, but you don't know anything. Like, you know, you don't know the yeah. whole story behind the author or whatever. There were still a bunch of people that were watching it over the you know other mm-hmm. weekend when it premiered. A bunch of people were doing like promoted posts because both Netflix yeah. and this company BookSparks were doing things or tied to the book and the movie. So I already knew we were going to do it. I had bought this book at Goodwill like over a year ago yeah. and I knew it was going to eventually be a movie. So I was like, you know what? We're going to do it, but at least we'll like talk about explain it. Explain what the issue is behind him. So yeah. that's the background there. Well, and like I said, like, unfortunately, when these bigger companies do stuff like that, like, you're not going to think about it. Yeah. People don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's. I mean, think about all, like, maybe the directors of movies that yeah. have done not great things that we don't know about. Right. You know what I mean? So, Well, and this whole, like, idea of, like, cancel culture and canceling authors because they're problematic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, take, for instance, J.K. Rowling. Like, I will never not read those books. Right. Do I condone what she says? No. Yeah. But, like, the book itself can be what it is in right. and of itself. Well, so. and, I mean, just playing a little bit of devil's advocate on the whole thing, you know, Mental health is a, is a crazy beast. Yep. And if that is really what caused him to do that, then that's a, that's a thing to like take into consideration. Mm-hmm. If it, if it didn't and he's lying about that right. too, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. But I don't think like everyone should just totally throw it aside thinking, oh no, he must be lying about that too. Right. Because if it is, then that's, then he needs to get help and, and, and whatnot. So yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of put it out there. Um, <laughs> Now I'll get off my soapbox and we can get back to the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, again, there's not too much about the movie yet because it just came out not too long ago. Um, It only has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. So um, it'll be interesting going through this because I watched this movie with my mom Mm -hmm. and she hadn't read the book. So she was taking it at face value of the movie, which is a totally different take than having read the book. So um, I can see how it, you know, some people might not have loved it yeah um funny enough though the it it was reported in 2019 that they did a test audience for the movie when Mm -hmm. it was originally shot so many people were confused on what was actually happening they ended up having to reshoot the movie um because it was supposed to be out in 2019 then it was supposed to come out in 2020 but because of of covid Mm -hmm. it got pushed back to 2021 so i'm i'm interested of what things they changed right. and why people were so confused interesting um but yeah so i, I don't know I, I came out understanding it on both yeah. on both levels so well and we'll talk about it the book stays pretty consistent with the with the or sorry the movie stays pretty consistent with the book so i wonder if their first go like they tried to change a bunch of things right. which made it confusing it's like the, the material's already there. Just stick yeah, to it. Just stick to it. <laughs> uh, one of the big themes in the book is all these classic movies that she watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of like sucked herself into a lot of the times. Uh, we didn't see it as much in the movie as we heard about it in the book. But they did do a couple of the movie clips in the film. Uh, one from the movie Laura from 1944, Spellbound in 1948, and Dark Passage in 1947. Uh, basically because they wanted to give a little bit of, you know, 
a nod to Alfred Hitchcock um, in his Vertigo and just kind of bring that in a little bit. Uh, and in the way they film the movie as well, uh, the downward facing cameras um, descending through the spiral staircases, that is all a nod to those old movies and how those were filmed. So gotcha. I thought that was kind of cool how, yeah, how they sure. did that. Uh, the cast of the movie, I was very surprised at some of these uh, some of these actors that were in it. Surprised, like because they're big, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, I I just I want to see Netflix um, like Excel sheet of their budget of their budgets <laughs> and like how much they make because right. there's some heavy hitters in here that I'm sure they're paying millions of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. Granted, you got to think what what is Netflix now like seventeen bucks. Um, a pop. Is it really? Like, it's expensive. I don't know. My T-Mobile pays for it. Right. So, and you can change your Netflix password without, you know, telling me, but it, we'll move on to that. <laughs> it keeps it keeps things interesting because my brother did the same thing. He's like, uh, sis, did you change the then Netflix password? you can password? tell who's using it. I was like, I'm going to change exactly. my HBO password on her and not tell her and see how long it takes. And then I'll just text you and be like, what is it? Right. <laughs> my nephew wanted to watch Captain Underpants and I couldn't get it on there and it was like almost a meltdown. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So back to the cast. Anna Fox, who's the main character of this film who has agoraphobia is played by Amy Adams. Uh, she is Lois Lane in the Superman movies and Justice League. She's in the movie Hillbilly LG, um, which is on Netflix that we will cover eventually. And she's also in Julie and Julia. Um, I thought that they did a much better job of frumping down Amy Adams than they did frumping down Emily Blunt in Girl on a Train. <laughs> That's fair. I thought Amy Adams looked awful. <laughs> if I'm being honest, though, Emily Blunt is prettier than Amy Adams. She is. She is. Um, <laughs> but, like, I was like, oof, yeah. you do look like you've been in a house for a long time. <laughs> um, Amy Adams was not it for me. She was not it on this one. <laughs> yeah, she's not my favorite actress in general. Yeah. Um... Like, I get it. She's a, she's a serious actor. I understand that. I just, I don't know. There were just parts where I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I also don't love her as Lois Lane either mm. in, in the Superman trilogies. Now that, that I think about it, I don't know if I've seen a movie by her that I'm like, wow, you're like really good. I do like Julie and Julia, but that's a more of a lighthearted right. lifestyle movie. Well, and like movie. Meryl Streep kills that well, movie yeah. anyway. <laughs> we should do that one soon, actually. I love that movie. That's a book? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there could have been a couple other people that could have. Th- you know who I can't even think of her name right now? Um, she was actually in the movie with uh, Nick Robinson, uh, Teacher. She's the teacher in that movie. I can't think of her name. The movie is called Teacher? The movie is called Teacher. Oh, I um, know. I'm going to think of it. And, I'll just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't know who I'm talking about. That's who I thought was playing this the whole time. And then I forgot it was Amy Adams. <laughs> and I just wanted to say Nick Robinson again. It's right. Because we just, you know, we know how much you love him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anyone on this cast. Oh, no. I'm looking at the wrong thing. It's called Teacher? I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. A teacher. A teacher. Sure. <laughs> uh, Kate Mara. Oh, That's okay. That's who I yeah, thought yeah. was playing this. So then I was like, oh, it's Amy <laughs> Adams. But, like, I thought she would be good. I think she maybe just looks a little too young. Yeah. Um, Well, we've talked about this before. The Mara sisters are great. And, like, they do well in these kind of, like, weird and strange type Mm -hmm. movies. So, yeah, I could have seen that for sure. Uh, So, next character is Ethan Russell. He is the young boy across the street. Uh, Is played by Fred... Hetchinger. Um, he just started acting in 2019. Um, he's it showed. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he's gonna be in the new or he's in the um movie News of the News of the World with um Tom Hanks. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a picture of Tom Hanks like looking out in the distance in a cowboy hat. 
Have you not seen Possibly. Him? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what character he plays in that. Um, he was awful to me. I hated the what, what they did to this character in the book. Yeah. Um, I felt like they very much needed someone much more charismatic. Yeah. Like, especially, to, I mean, let's just say, spoiler alert, this kid is not okay. Yeah. And it was very apparent the second he walks into this movie... You're like, okay, this this kid, obviously, right. you know, but in the book, yeah, you don't like know. I thought they were yeah. going to go a different direction with mm-hmm. him in the book than what they did. So I was really bummed because, right. again, my mom watching this movie, she's like, yeah, I think that kid might have something to do with this. And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, because he's acting like a freak right, right now. No, for like, sure. Yeah, no, in the book, he's, I mean, he's still quiet, but he's, yeah. like, you're, like you said, very charismatic, very cute, like, very heartwarming almost, you know, to the point yeah. where Anna, the main character, like feels bad for him and like, you know, takes him in and things like that. But like, yeah. if I were Anna in the movie and I saw this kid, I'd be like, yeah, stay as far away from me right. as possible. Because what I was, what I was uh, you know, touching on earlier is that I thought at the, at the point in the book there that they were going to have her almost have an affair with this. Not an affair, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. she was going to become romantically involved with this kid. Right. I thought they were going to go that way. And I'm like, seeing this kid in the movie, I was like, there was no way that it was going to go that way. <laughs> so I thought that was a total miss. I agree. Um, Alistair Russell, on the other hand, um, <laughs> Ethan's dad, is played by none other Gary Oldman, who we know as... Serious Black. Yes. Um, he's also in The Dark Knight and Darkest Hour. Um, he's almost unrecognizable a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they, they he's, I mean, he's aging, but I mean, they give him the white hair. He looks a lot older yeah. in this movie. I didn't expect that. Reading the book, like mm-hmm. that, the character didn't seem that old to me. No, so, me either. Interesting. And that thing. more like, dis- he was very distinguished. Yeah. And I thought like Alistair Russell in the book was more like a businessman who's like having a rough go, yeah. like very run down kind of. Um, but I can never say that Gary Oldman is not the right choice because <laughs> I love him so much. Well, yeah, he'll make anything good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next character in at, on IMDb, they have her listed as Jane Russell. Number one, uh, parentheses, Kate, <laughs> Katie um, is played by Julianne Moore. Uh, she's in, she has a Oscar for her leading role in still Alice, which is a book as well. Um, she's in the hunger games, mocking Jay, the big Lebowski, the fugitive, the lost world, Jurassic park, She's Julianne on and on Moore. And on. <laughs> yeah, you know she's she's great. Again, not the character, not the person I would have pictured. Put, pictured, yeah, because I felt that Jane Number One slash Katie was almost like kind of a younger role. Well, yeah, they um, even mention it. She says like she must have had her kid pretty young because right. she looks young herself. Right. Almost again. I'm gonna go back to Girl on the Train. The girl who plays, um, not Anna. The one who died, Megan. Megan, yeah. I could see her yeah. playing this role. That's kind of what I pictured. Kind of younger, yeah. you know, cleaned up from, you know, drugs of past type right. thing. So <laughs> I will say, I, I, don't, I didn't picture Julianne Moore. I did think no. she did a good job with, yeah. like, the character itself. Um, but, yeah, I definitely didn't picture her. I almost thought she could play Jane Russell number two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she would have been yeah. fine for that role. Uh, Jane Russell number two is played by Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, she's in the movie The Hateful Eight, which she uh, has an Oscar nomination for That's supporting role. Uh, she's in Twin Peaks. Um, again, I I didn't love her in this role. Like, is she a good actress? She's a yeah. weird face. She does. And and again, I I needed someone more distinguished in in the sense of this role than what they gave me. Yeah. I don't know. I it agree. was weird. She's oh, no, I feel like mo- this cast was, like, they're all heavy hitters, or most of them are heavy yeah. hitters, but, like, 
it just kind of miscombobulated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's actually not in the movie as much as she is in the book. Mm. She she pops up quite a bit more in the in the book than in the movie. But yeah, I don't know. I thought both the Jane Russells were a little <laughs> odd to me. Uh, so David, who is the speaking of putting someone more in the book, though, mm. David is um, what's her name? Anna's tenant who lives mm-hmm. downstairs uh, is played by Wyatt Russell. I'm assuming you don't know who Wyatt Russell is. He looks very familiar. So he is in his breakout role has been in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, on, okay. On the Mar- new Marvel series came All out right. because he was the new Captain America after the original Captain America oh. died. So he was a huge part in this last in this last um, series that came out. Mm-hmm. He's all over the you know nerd world or whatever. <laughs> so it was actually kind of fun for me because I hated him in that series so much because he's not a good guy in yeah. there. And he's just even though kind he's of, Captain America. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a great series. You need to watch it. Okay, it's basically like a six-hour movie that they just break up. It's so good. Right. Um. But yeah, so I, I I was fun watching him in this role because of what I had just seen him in. Mm-hmm. Um, they change. We'll talk about it a little bit, but they change kind of his character a little bit in the movie and his involvement yeah. a little bit with Anna. Um, but yeah, I thought he was fine. He was dirty and grungy, but <laughs> what that character kind of needed. Right. No, I agree. <laughs> Um, and the last character um, on the other side of the Captain America Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier, we have Anthony Mackie, who I adore i think he's so great he is is the falcon slash captain america um in the marvel series he's also in the hurt locker he's in the hate you give he's an eight mile i love him um he isn't in this movie too much so Mm -hmm. he plays ed who is anna's uh husband in this who is not really around um so here's it's a good way of putting it (laughs) right not to spoil anything so here's the thing I know Anthony Mackie very well from his movies. I know Anthony Mackie's voice very well. If he's on The Masked Singer, I know it's him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. My mom, who doesn't know Anthony Mackie very well, struggled with this because when we're watching the movie, a lot of times you just hear his voice. Right. Because so if you don't recognize his voice, you're not exactly sure who's talking in the movie. And and so at one point, my mom was like, was he talking? Was she talking to his her therapist? therapist because okay. at some point you see you mm-hmm. hear his voice. That's um, fair. So it's a little like I was like, all right, I can totally see why you maybe got confused yeah. on some parts because they don't even show him talking a lot. True, you know. I I I don't know Anthony Mackie's voice that well, <laughs> but when I was hearing his voice before we were shown who he was, mm-hmm. I kept going like, hmm. Who is that? Because it, it does sound distinctive. I just don't know yeah. it very well. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Um, but I can get why your mom was confused. Especially <laughs> not having read the book. You're not exactly sure what's going on right. with the husband. In the book, it's very... They, I mean, they do a great job of, you know, she's on the phone with right. her husband. Like, it's very descriptive. Here, you're like, I'm not exactly sure what's happening. Yeah. And maybe that's... They wanted it to be that way, but... I don't know. Uh, one character we didn't get was her physical therapist, mm-hmm. Bina, who, I mean, I guess they didn't need her in here, but I felt like they almost could have put her in and not the therapist because the therapist didn't really come to play. I, um, I guess with the whole mental health issue, it made more sense to keep the therapist in there. But. Yeah, I guess so. But again, they added way more to David's character, maybe to make up for some of that. So I don't know. <laughs> All in all, um, this cast was a little strange. A little (laughs) weird. The whole thing is kind of weird. Just to recap for everyone. Yes. All right. Time for Who Said It. So your first quote is, 
Sometimes I've got too many thoughts at once. It's like a four-way intersection in my brain where everyone's trying to go at the same time. Mm. Anna? Yes. (laughs) Don't know who else that could have been. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Next one. The world is a beautiful place. Don't forget that. Mm. Is that the physical therapist, Bina? (laughs) No. It's uh, Jane Russell 1 slash Katie. Yes, Yes. she's very insightful. (laughs) Next. Mr. Russell says his wife has been out of town. He says you've never met. Mm. That's one of the detectives. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about them because they weren't in the movie as much. As, as much. In well, and like, oh, I guess the female one is in there. Briefly. Briefly. But yeah. she's, again, it's very woman on the train. Like, <laughs> there's two detectives. One's good. One's not good. Right. And then in the movie, they decide to not really yeah. involve them. But yes, it's one of the detectives. We did those books way too close together. I know. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, All right, next one. Oh, sorry. That was the female detective. Mm. Um, All right. I know it's been a tough time for you. You've had a bad week. Ed. No, it's the other detective. (laughs) And last but not least. Terrible quotes. (laughs) There were not very many good quotes in this book. Next one. I feel like I've been keeping all these secrets from all these people. I can't do it anymore. Mm, Ethan. Yeah. There we go. All right. I did terrible. That's fine. I'll try to pick better quotes next time. You should pick. It was like, she was at the door. (laughs) All right. So your options for F. Mary Kill are our three leading ladies. So Mm -hmm. we've got Anna. We've got Jane Russell 1 slash Katie. And then Jane Russell 2. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I will... Okay. Hmm, that's tough. All right. I'm going to kill Jane Russell too. The real <laughs> okay. Jane Russell. Uh, I will marry Anna, I guess. Because when she's all together, she's, she's you know. I mean, <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Because she's also a cheater. So I don't know if I want to marry her. <laughs> she's a cheater. All right. We'll just go with that. And then I will get stuck in the house with Jane Russell number two. Or number one. Number one. Okay. Um, I'm also going to kill Jane Russell number two, uh, but I'm going to marry Jane Russell one because we didn't get enough of her. So like maybe she's, you know, really good deep down. And she's a good artist. She's a good artist. And she likes sort wine. Of. <laughs> uh, and then I will, um, what did you say? Stay, get stuck in a house with yeah. Anna? All right. Since she's, you know, so well-versed in yes. that. Um, I, that's funny that you say about the picture because in my mind when she was drawing the picture in the book, it was going to be like this beautiful like masterpiece. Jack, Jack from Jack Dawson piece from the Titanic when he drew Rose. <laughs> and then like literally in the movie, it's like a two-year-old drew it. Literally. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So let's jump into it. Um, the movie opens up with Anna waking up in an empty house. Uh, she's talking to her daughter and her husband on the phone, presumably. Yeah. I guess. And then we get to see uh, the cat. Again, we've talked about this a couple times. It started in Gone Girl where they add this cat to the mm-hmm. story. And they've talked about how they add the cat to the story because the cat sees all. True. This is very true in this one. I love the cat in the movie. I know. Punch. Punch. And I, I, I always say, if I'm going to get a cat, I'm going to get the cat with the smush face. The well, Persian yeah, the cats. Persian cats. Yeah, that's the only cat I would ever get. <laughs> um, but they're very expensive. Yes. So, um, But yeah, so we get to see the cat punch. And then we see that the Russells are moving in across the street. Uh, in the movie, I mean, it's directly across the street. Mm. In the book, it's not 
directly. I, I had a hard time envisioning the book where they actually lived. Well, yeah, because there's like, you can get to them from the front door, but you could also get to them from like the back door where and there's, there's a like park. A, yeah, there's a park in between. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was okay with it just being across the street. Right. It made, it made sense. Well, because New York City is like that. It's very yeah. much like building across the, from buildings. Yeah. So, okay, good. Know. I'm glad I'm not the only one who I just like no. couldn't picture it. <laughs> um, but we see that she's actually talking to her therapist and he's asking about her um, snooping on the neighbors and and her watching and what's going on in the book the book actually opens up with her snooping on some neighbors yeah she's well and she has her like trusty dusty i think it's like a nikon yeah. or something camera where that's what she does i mean she's an agoraphobic so she doesn't leave the house mm-hmm. so her form of entertainment is either watching these old timey movies yeah. or spying on her <laughs> Other yeah. people. So, yeah, she's got, like, different stories going from di- for different um, uh, neighbors, I yeah. guess. Um, but, yeah, uh, funny enough, the first thing we get is one of the neighbors is actually cheating on her husband. And he almost, like, catches her in the act. Yeah. But, like, I think he drops something or something and, yeah. like, she's able to get away. But it's very much you feel like, oh, that's where the story is leading. Right. I was like, okay, these are the people that are going to like kill somebody. Right. Like, and then out of nowhere, the Russells walk in. <laughs> and then at the end of the story, I was like, can we go back to that family? Like, how are they doing? Did yeah, they, work through, did they work through their cheating scandal or what? <laughs> um, but we also find out at this time that uh, Anna has attempted suicide at some point, which I don't fully remember in the book. I don't remember mm. or it being very prevalent if it, if it did happen. It definitely wasn't prevalent. Yeah. So, but we see that she's having side effects from all all her different medications. Uh, one of the things I liked in the book is <laughs> the doctor would be like, are you drinking on your medications? And she'd tell him no. And then like in italics, she'd be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. All her inner thoughts. Actually yeah. Happening. I like yeah, the way that, that it too. was written like that. Um, but we do see that at this point, the new neighbor boy has come across the street to give Anna a gift who is creepy Ethan. (laughs) I'm just going to call him creepy Ethan. Um, And she lets him in, which I'm like, here's my thing. Again, I don't know much about agoraphobia other than you're just scared of going outside. Mm -hmm. But I, it it surprises me that letting things in from outside also isn't an issue. You know what I mean? Like letting strange things come inside your house. From what I kind of gathered in the book, it's like, it's very much you're afraid of like, areas with a lot of people and like yeah. going out into the unknown. Whereas at, at her house, yeah, it's not more of a, it's not really like a germy type. Like, yeah, but I'm just thinking if you're, if you're thinking that there's all these dangers outside, you're going to let a stranger into your house. It just seems very odd to me. Yeah, she's I don't trying. Know. <laughs> yeah, I She's guess. trying to be trusted. <laughs> um, but he asked her or he asked about um, her family and, you know, and where's your husband and your daughter. And he, she just keeps saying, you know, we're separated. They live somewhere else. Because in the book, we, I guess, what was your take on where her family was? I knew from the beginning that they were dead. Okay. <laughs> I figured as much, but I was. it took a while for them to actually, like, admit that that's what it was. Yeah. Well, but, at the beginning, I was like, okay, they're separated. And then the more she, like, talked to them, in quotation marks, yeah. um, I was like, okay, like, they're not real. Yeah. Once like, they, they started talking about, like, the car accident, I was like, yeah, yeah I don't think they made it through that. Yeah. But I think they'd say that they're in, like, a different part of New York or something, mm-hmm. and that she was supposed to move. Like, it was yeah. just kind of this weird They do make you try story. to, or they try to confuse you. Yeah. Um, but we also find out that in her normal life, uh, Anna is a psychiatrist or psychologist for kids, mm-hmm. which I thought was an interesting thing to add to her yeah um and but here so here's the thing that they left out so anna is a child therapist 
But then she, while she's not able to, you know, see these kids and do her normal job, she joins this Agora group mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, and I don't know if she created the name or something. I don't know. But basically she, she gets online and she talks to other agoraphobics about their issues, tries to kind of help them through it. She, um, she gets introduced to a um, person by the like username of Granny Lizzie, who has recently become an agoraphobic and is really trying to like work through her problems. Mm-hmm. So she feels, Anna feels like she's actually helping somebody even though she's struggling and can't yeah. really do anything for herself, she feels good about helping this granny Lizzie, but we don't get any of that in the movie. No, they take that out yeah. completely. Which, which is interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I thought that was kind of a cool little aspect. That, well, and it comes back around at the end. Right. <laughs> so we didn't get any of that in the movie. Uh, but so at this point, Ethan's still at her house and he starts crying saying that he misses home and he doesn't know anyone, blah, blah, blah. And she feeds into it. Um, it, it is funny to me that she ends up being a you know a child psychologist and that she misses all of these <laughs> psychopathic signs, but it's fine. She's um, off her game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we she ends up uh, letting him borrow a bunch of these like old uh, black and white movies and you know trying to comfort him to the neighborhood. Um, the one thing I did like about this movie is that they you know gave me my different day parts. True. <laughs> So now we say we see that it's Tuesday. It's Halloween. uh, And we meet David for the first time, who's our tenant, says that he's going to be leaving a few days um, for a few days. But um, we also find out that David, part of his rent basically is to help Anna around the house. So he, you know, changes the light bulbs. He checks the, you know, you know, uh, broken down skylight. Mm -hmm. He takes out the trash, which she can't do. The skylight that they just like focus on for like too long. So my mom's like, well, that's going to come into play at some point. (laughs) Mama Chris is very smart. She is. She is. Um, I will say she did read girl on the train and she did not figure it out. Really? She thought she was very impressed that you got it so quickly. Well, you know, I pride myself on being yeah. really good at that. Uh, so anyway, so again, it is Halloween. Her house ends up getting egged um, by Damn kids, by these kids who are just mean. <laughs> um, and we see her trying to go outside to yell at these kids. Um, <laughs> again, this is a perfect like girl on the train slash everything, everything where she has this like airlock door that she has to get through <laughs> before she gets outside type thing. Um, but she, she doesn't quite get there. She opens the door to the outside. And as she opens the door, a woman is there and who has scared off the kids at that point. And Anna ends up, or she ends up bringing Anna back inside because Anna's like having a panic attack. I think she basically. fainted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she's laying on the couch and, and she tells, you know, she tells Anna like, oh, I was just heading, you know, across the street. And at this point, Anna's like, oh, uh, that's your Jane Russell. And her response is, well, what makes you say that? And she's like, you're Ethan's mom. And you know, she's like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she ends up telling her, you know, that she's an agoraphobic. They open a bottle of wine. They chat. It's a great girl's night after all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so at this point in while they're having this, you know, girl's night in with this stranger, um, they're chatting. And all of a sudden she takes a picture, punches up at the at the counter, the cat mm-hmm. with the wine glass. And she's like, Haha, that's funny. Cat with a wine glass. She's like, let me take a picture of the cat. <laughs> That does not happen in the book. She does take a different picture in the book. Yeah, so there is a picture because it does come into play, but she's actually taking a photo of, like, outside in in the, like, sunrise or sunset. And um, there's a, like, Jane Russell 1's reflection is on the 
glass, I guess, yeah. of the window. <laughs> um, I mean, I would much rather have a picture of a cat with a wine glass than a well, yeah. blurry sunset photo. I hate when people say sunset photos. <laughs> no one wants to see your sunset sunset photos on any social media or fireworks. Oh, I was just going to say, it's like fireworks on New Year's Eve. <laughs> just don't do it. No one cares. It never looks great. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. I've definitely done that before. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like in Hawaii or, I mean, there are some beautiful Arizona sunsets. Unless you got a professional camera, no one wants to see it. <laughs> or like at concerts when it's like blaring and yeah, no, no one cares. No one wants to listen to your video of the concert for 10 minutes. <laughs> done, <laughs> Which is, I've done that too. Just bass. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they end up talking about Ethan and she shows uh, she shows Anna a locket that she has of Ethan when he was a baby. And there's like, you know, cute little pictures in there. And at this point when she's, you know, she's reaching over, she also notices um, that... Jane Russell number one has these really like elaborate earrings, <laughs> like nothing that I would ever wear. No. Um, well, in the book, it's like they're supposed to be like pearls. Yeah. And this is like a flower that like a five year old would wear. Right. It was crazy. Uh, but she says that they are from an old boyfriend, and Anna's like, "Oh, does your husband know?" She's like, "I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably not." <laughs> At this point, Jane Russell number one kind of. St- starts talking about her quote unquote husband and how he's tight and controlling and that she worries about Ethan. Yeah. And because in the, in the book, Alistair, Ethan's dad is very much the prime suspect in all totally. of this. Like everyone is like, he's controlling. He's husband. Yeah. You know, like that's what, that's what they're pointing them to. Um, in the, in the movie, you're like, it's it's not him. It can't be Gary Oldman. <laughs> no, of course not. At this point, this is where Jane Russell, number one, draws this random picture of Anna for her. And she says it's a Jane Russell original. She even <laughs> signs it. Um, and then she gives it to Anna and Anna, like, puts it in her drawer or whatever. And so they say their goodbyes. Jane Russell, number one, we see her actually walk across the street up the steps to the Russell house. So again, you're thinking, all right, this is where she lives. Uh, The next thing we get is Alistair actually comes back over to Aunt or comes over to Anna's and is asking if anyone from his family has been over there that night. And he seems very frantic, very like not okay. Like he needs to know what was going on. And Anna ends up lying and is like, no, your son was over here to drop off this lavender (laughs) candle or whatever. Um, but that's all she says to him. Which like, I'm like, why did you lie? Why did you feel the need to lie? Right. I guess, I mean, Jane Russell one did say that he's controlling, but Mm -hmm. still who knows the next thing we get is Wednesday now. And we see that Anna like wakes up. She hears a bunch of noises in her house. Um, again, I don't know if I'm agoraphobe. Like if I would want to live in this giant house by myself. Also, the house didn't seem as like dark and mysterious in the movie. Like there was a <laughs> yeah. lot of light. There right. were like different colors. Right. I'm like, this doesn't seem that bad. Right. But oh, whatever. it's beautiful. Uh, so she ends up calling 911 because she hears all these noises in her house. Come to find out it's just David downstairs in the kitchen um, that, you know, he's let himself up and he's cleaned up all the eggs that, you know, that the kids threw at the house, but he's also wanting to borrow a box cutter um, because he's helping the Russells across the street, move in some stuff, you know, with all their boxes. Um, oh, this is actually where he takes a look at the skylight. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's, and he says, that's it, come down. he says it's moldy and dangerous. <laughs> Cue foreshadowing. Uh, but then we see uh, Anna in the bathtub looking at videos of her family. Um, Again, 
very much in the movie, you're like, all right, these people are not actually around. Like she's, <laughs> right. you know, going through old photos and videos and whatnot. But at this point, she hears a scream from across the street. Um, she calls the Russells uh, to see what's going on. And Ethan picks up and he's crying, but he's saying everything's fine. You know, don't worry about it. And she actually looks outside and she sees Jane Russell, number one, leaving the house in a hurry. So she's like, okay, something must have happened with her husband, blah, blah, Trouble blah. Trouble in paradise. Yes. Alistair ends up calling back and he's saying, there was no scream at the house. You don't know what you heard. Blah, blah, blah. BS, BS. And hangs up the phone. <laughs> so the next thing we see that she asked David if David had heard the scream and he didn't, he said he didn't hear the scream and that he has someone downstairs with him. A female. A female downstairs. Um, Ethan ends up coming over after this and saying that his dad isn't a bad guy. He's just really stressed out. And the kid starts crying again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great. Um, She ends up giving Ethan her number and says, you know, this place is always a safe place, you know, for you to come if you ever need to, you know, get out of the house. Is that Uh, when you started thinking that they were going (laughs) to have an affair? Well, I don't, there was like a couple parts where it's like, she's looking at Ethan through the window, like undressed. And I'm like, okay, like maybe, (laughs) I I mean, again, I net, there was not a second. I thought that when I was watching the movie, but in the book, who knows, you know? True. So now it's Thursday and Anna's talking to Ed about the neighbors. Um, and, he says, he's like, don't mess with the neighbors. Like, just leave them alone, whatever. And again, you're it's to make you think that Ed is, you know, still around and that he's giving her advice and whatnot. Then we see her talking to her therapist and they're like, all right, we need to adjust these meds um, <laughs> because things are not okay. <laughs> also, keep in mind, she's been drinking this entire time oh, yeah. that she takes these meds. So, like obviously heightening whatever side effects that they heavily, have. Heavily drinking. <laughs> right. Um, and we also see that David's leaving um, with his band for a couple of days. So he, she's really alone in the house. Um, but again, she just opens a bottle of wine, takes a bunch of, bunch of meds and is a giant mess. So she's super out of it at this point. She looks across the street. She sees Jane sitting on the couch, you know, from her window. Um, everything seems okay. One thing we do get throughout the movie are these like random, like snow falling scenes uh-huh. where it's like just flashes of black with the snow falling, which we find out later what, what that's all about. But it was very just like, what is, what is right. happening? Yeah. Like, what is this even, <laughs> you know? Um, she ends up passing out at this point. Cause she's a total mess. She wakes up. She can't find her phone anywhere. She looks out the window through her camera And she sees Jane getting stabbed across the street by, we don't know, by someone. Um, It's this giant knife, too. (laughs) It's like a butcher's knife that she sees. Yeah. (laughs) In the book, that's not a giant butcher's knife. (laughs) It's a letter opener. (laughs) Right. That she can't even tell what it is. Yeah, she's like, I see a silvery thing. Like, that's all she could see. But no, no, we got to use a giant knife. This was like giant, like, Emerald Lagasse knife. From the box, from the knife block in the kitchen, you know? I was like, what's that? And then you're talking about Chef Emeril, aren't you? Yeah, Emeril Lagasse. I didn't know his last name. Really? No. Wow. I watch way too much Food Network. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, but so she calls 911. She tries to find David, but again, David's gone. Her phone, she ends up finding her phone under the bed. And she's talking to the 911 operator and she's like, my neighbor just got stabbed. Then she sees Jane in the window again, like doing this you know, 
Titanic, Titanic on the- blood on the, like, very dramatic. I was like, what is happening? Like, Julianne Moore's like, this is my death scene. <laughs> <laughs> they just are like, die, Julianne. Just, she's like, no. Uh, and at one point, the, you know, 911 operator's like, wait, did you stab your your neighbor? Like, like are you not ha- listening? She's like, across the street. Like, what's happening? I was like, this is the world's worst 911 operator. And, and I get it. They're supposed to, like, keep calm and keep you calm. But, like, right. they're too calm sometimes. Oh, I know. <laughs> not that I would know, but yeah. in movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but she goes outside because she kind of has this, like, umbrella technique that she uses. <laughs> Which, if right. she's under this umbrella or has it in front of her, she's kind of okay to go up. But she can't see anything. So she gets halfway across the street and a car, you know, almost hits her. Um, She wakes up and she's back at her house and the detectives and Alistair are at her house. And... That's not how it happens. No, <laughs> she actually what wakes up in the hospital. So, well, yeah, because like I said, there was like two ways to get to the yeah. Russells. So she decides to go through the back door through the park. She's like, well, maybe this will be better because there's less traffic and stuff. Right. And she gets to the park and then has a panic attack and essentially just passes out. And somebody finds her. Right. Um. And so they take her to the hospital. I don't. I don't remember if something happened to her or. Just because she... Was, I think she just had a panic attack. Yeah, well, because her, she left her door open. Mm-hmm. The police, when they showed up, they were like, we got to go check the you know house, make sure everything's okay. So, yeah, she actually wakes up in the hospital, and that's where the detective is. Yes, and so then they take her... I think then they take her home at that point. Right. So, but in the movie, there she just wakes up at her house. Everyone's at her house. <laughs> what are all you people doing? Listen, if I'm someone who's agoraphobic, and I just had a panic attack, and... I woke up. I do not want like five, six people no. in my house. <laughs> so at this point, they're telling her, they're like, you have never met Jane Russell. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I have. She's been yeah. in my house. We're girlfriends. We yeah. hang out. <laughs> we took pictures with my cat. Like, it's fine. She drew a picture of me. And, but they're like, no, you've never met her. And they're like, ma'am, Jane is fine. She didn't get stabbed. And in walks a woman. And they're like, this is Jane Russell. And I'm like, that's not Jane. That looks nothing like Jane. Um, And Ethan's there too. And he's like, yeah, you've never met my mom. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so that's where this whole story kind of starts to evolve of like, who is this woman that was in her house? Was there a woman Mm -hmm. in, in her house? Where is this going? Who knows? She ends up talking to Ed again. um, And he's like, why didn't you take a picture? And I'm like, yeah, why didn't you take a picture? She literally was watching this murder through her camera. Right. Like, it wasn't just she saw it. Like, I was like, literally take well, pictures. Well, and I think in the book, when she sees the initial stabbing, she drops yeah. her camera out True. of shock. So I think she's just, like, discombobulated, doesn't yeah. know what's going on. So I get it. So, you know, she says, you know, I'm not healthy. Like, I need some help. So it was very much, like, right away in the book, I felt like, or in the movie, she was like, okay, maybe I, like, she's like, maybe I don't yeah. know this person like it was a while before she was like okay maybe i don't like it, it she, took a while it took yeah, a while for, for sure. her to start questioning herself in the movie it was like right away right. she's like okay maybe i'm not good <laughs> in the interest of time right so now it's friday and she tries to look up jane russell on google there's nothing there um she does find alistair's old office where he worked or presumably worked find out that he doesn't work there anymore he actually finds out she she finds a, a memorial post that was posted by Alistair 
about someone that used to work in his office that was that died and was killed. Mm-hmm. This whole storyline is not in the book. Right. They he does she ends up calling like his old assistant and the old assistant's like, "Yeah, he no longer works here. It's kind of a little shady, but like no one really knows what happened." Um but that's pretty much it. Like he, she doesn't right. get more than that. She doesn't get this like Random person who supposedly died. Right. Because we find out that the person that died was actually Alistair's assistant mm-hmm. at the old office who was killed. She ends up finding like an article or whatever. So again, trying to point signs at Alistair, like, you know, did Alistair kill his old assistant? What's going on? Right. She ends up going down to the basement to talk to David. He's not there. Um, but she ends up finding a bunch of his mail from the parole board. Which, this is not how she finds out about it. <laughs> she doesn't snoop and find his mail. No. Um, he he actually, just tells her, yeah, her right? Actually, yeah. yeah, he actually tells her, like, hey. But he tells her, like, a little bit later. Right. Um, he ends up showing up. He's super pissed that she's going through his stuff. Right. literally so. a felony. <laughs> like, could you imagine if, like, people from our, like complex just you walk in and they're just sitting there looking at your mail <laughs> um i actually would not be surprised in this complex and that's very true <laughs> mostly because amazon and other delivery services don't know how to deliver to the right people <laughs> that's actually true that is actually true um so yeah so he's super pissed rightfully so but she starts asking you know about about Jane. And then he, she's like, aren't you supposed, you're supposed to be in Springfield. Like you're not supposed to be here. Like, you know, like what, what's this parole stuff? And he basically just tells her like, yeah, I got into a bar fight like a couple of years ago. Like, yes, I'm on parole. Like I should have told you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, get out of my, <laughs> get out of <laughs> right. my space. Um, in the book, it's, it's very different. Like she goes down and like what she like sees a bunch of like Ed's old stuff and there's like Oh yeah, because she's kept a bunch of, of his stuff. There's like pictures on the wall that like to everybody, he just they all just know that they just don't live together right. anymore. They're somewhere else. Right. They don't know that they're dead. Right. And in this a first initial of her going down there in the book is where she finds the earrings. Correct. Um so earring. The, one, ear, one earring, of the yes. earrings. Um and it's the earring that, you know, she recognizes from the, from the woman that was in her house. Right. So a little bit different. So in the book, the next day, David comes to apologize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in every way, sense of <laughs> the term apologize. Yeah. So th- again, I'm actually glad they kept this out. I didn't yeah, really need to see the weird. need for it. They like have this like weird encounter where he's trying to apologize for being such a jerk at like, even though she was the one that was wrong, but whatever. Right. Um, and then they end up sleeping together. Yeah. Um, they like, go upstairs and mind you, she's kept her house the same essentially. So Mm -hmm. they end up having sex in her daughter's bed, which I was like, "Mm, probably not the best idea. But again, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs at this point. So she doesn't know what's going on. She's just kind of all over the place. So yeah, they have sex. Um, He apologizes, like you said, in every sense (laughs) of the word. Um, I'm like I said, I'm glad they kept this out. I don't think it was needed for like the story progression whatsoever. Yeah. So that does, again, does not happen in the movie. So then we see her basically just watching the Russells having dinner (laughs) and like they're yelling at each other. Like something's definitely going on across the street again. And Jane at this point actually ends up, or Jane Russell number two, actually ends up calling the house and like leaves this message that's like, stop watching our house. Like you're crazy. Like knock it off. She actually, that does happen in the book, Mm -hmm. but she actually has another encounter with Jane in the book. Yeah. So, um, she is determined (laughs) to basically prove to everyone that this is not Jane Russell. 
So even though she's, you know, agoraphobic and has a fear of going out, she sees one day, I think it's like the next day, she mm-hmm. sees Jane Russell number two walking down the street. And she's like, this is my moment. This is my chance to talk to her and like set things straight. So she actually does get out of the house. She uses yeah. her umbrella tactic and follows her to the like corner cafe Mm -hmm. um she has this like weird interaction with her jane's basically like you're crazy don't talk about my family like you have no idea what you're talking about and then once jane leaves she's just kind of like okay well now i'm in this cafe and i don't know how to get home um i think one of the um neighbor boys like tries to help so he walks her back to her house mind you she's like you know not she has her eyes closed, so she doesn't, like, see anything. <laughs> um, so he walks her home, and then as they're walk- or getting to the house, Ethan walks up. And mm-hmm. he's like, let me take her the rest of the way. I'll walk her into the yeah. house. Yeah, so that none of that left that completely out. Yeah. I kind of missed that a little bit because it really kind of amplified the whole agoraphobic thing mm-hmm. um, for me. So I was kind of bummed that they didn't include yeah. that scene. Uh, but now it's Saturday. She can't find Punch the Cat. Uh, she thinks that he, the cat might be in David's room, Mm -hmm. but doesn't know exactly how that could have happened because she like had shoved a, at that point she shoved like a chair chair under the Mm -hmm. door so he couldn't get up. And so there's no reason why the cat would be down there. Um, but she goes downstairs, uh, and which none of this happens in the book and she does find does find the cat downstairs, um, even though the the door was locked. Right. So you're like, how the heck did the cat get down there, right? <laughs> Cats know everything. This cat solved the mystery two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, but at this point in the movie, this is where she finds Jane's earring downstairs on David's nightstand. Um, and then we hear her kind of arguing with Ed again. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear his voice. Uh, and then we see her back upstairs again. Ethan's walking outside and she starts yelling at Ethan through the window about his mom. And he comes over. He's like, lady, calm down. <laughs> and he, you know, and he confronts her and is like, you know, you can't, you need to stop letting this go. You never, you've never met my mom. Just like, let it go. Alistair ends up coming over. He slaps Ethan, threatens Anna again, just trying to, you know, put the blame more on Alistair at right. this point. Um, he essentially is like, stay away from my son. Right. And he does that. He does come over again because I think in the book, she like gives Ethan like a key to the house. Yeah. And is like, come on over whenever. I'm That's like, right. Because at that point in the book, um, David's like, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. David so leaves. So he leaves the apartment. And he's, she's like, well, I have this area or like this downstairs area if you ever like need a space to get away. Yeah. Uh, but the way that it happens in the book when Alistair comes over is ve- much more like menacing and yeah. like way more. You're like, okay, Alistair definitely did it. Yeah. Like he, was, <laughs> he choked her at yeah. one point. Like, yeah, it's in, in the movie. It's still not great, but yeah. <laughs> not as bad. Um, and then she sees, I guess probably later in the day, she sees Ethan getting into a van, which doesn't happen in the book. Yeah. He doesn't like go away anywhere, or presumably go away anywhere. Um, but at this point she does find the picture that Jane drew of her. Jane number one drew. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is it. I can prove it. And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> like that has nothing to do with it. At this point, she ends up getting an email from or with the subject, guess who, Anna? Or I don't know, maybe that Something was the like that. email or whatever. And it's a picture of her sleeping in the middle of the night. And you're like, oh, crap. Like, that's freaky. Yeah. And at this point, she actually looks at Punch and Punch's leg is hurt. And he's like looking at it and is like, you know. He's limping. He's limping. He's not okay. 
Um, so she tells the detectives, like, someone came in, they took a picture of me in the middle of the night, and the detectives are like, yeah, you probably did that yourself. <laughs> like, you definitely did that yeah. yourself. And in the, they don't show it, but in the, in the book, I think they actually are like, open up your camera roll on your phone. Mm-hmm. And the picture's there. Yep. So they're like, lady, like, you're nuts. Right. <laughs> like, you took this picture of yourself. Well, and she tells them, like, look at the, uh, or trace the email and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then they said something, I think, in the book, like, Gmail can't be traced. And I was right. like, is that I, true? I, I was like, is that accurate? <laughs> I feel like I need to know that. I know. I, I mean, I have a Gmail account. I also but... have a Gmail account. That would <laughs> be interesting. I'm like, who can I send pictures of myself to without being traced? Like... It's weird. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, but at this point, the Russells all come back over and they're like, stop harassing our family. Like, you're nuts. Like, leave us alone. And at this point, she shows the picture um, to them that, you know, Jane drew of herself. And they're like, she's like, look, it's a Jane Russell original. <laughs> like, this is it. And they're like, yeah, lady, again, this shows nothing. Nothing. She en- David ends up showing up as well. And they think that possibly david is the one that killed her and anna's like super quick to turn on david which in the movie it made a little bit more sense in the book i'm like you just slept with this guy and now you're blaming him for this murder like it was crazy well because she thinks back to like the box cutter and the fact that like you know he seems mysterious but i'm like you saw what the murder weapon was right definitely not a box cutter (laughs) right well and then she's like he brought it back without telling me and i'm like what (laughs) Like, why does that make him a murderer? Because he brought back something without telling you. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. Uh, but he tells her, like, you know, because she was like, that earring, the earring that's in your room is, you know, was Jane's. And he was like, no, it belongs to a woman named Catherine that I had over about a week ago. Um, and I think in the book, he sleeps with her like a couple times. Mm. He was like, in the movie, he's like, yeah, she was nuts. <laughs> like, and then I like told her yeah. she needed to go. Um, but at this point, Anna's like telling the telling the detectives, like, David was in prison. He's in prison. He's not supposed to be here. I'm like, Anna, shut up. <laughs> like, you're not helping yourself. You're not helping yourself. David's like practically in your corner. The yeah. only person in your corner at this point. Well, and he gives an alibi for why yeah. he couldn't have done it. Yeah. So at this point, they are standing there, like all kind of looking at her. And one of the detectives goes, you know, Dr. Fox, your family is dead. Cause I think she brought up her family mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, it was much more like climactic for me in the book. Totally. Than it was in the movie. And like, maybe because there was so much more of her family in the, in the book yeah. that you were like, okay. Well, like and it here. was like easier to believe because you like in a book, you don't need to like, show anything necessarily yeah. where in a movie like she's not really on the phone ever right she's not, like you don't actually see her family right so, yeah yeah so then we get this flashback of her driving in the mountains with her family and it's snowing everywhere her and ed are in the car talking about getting a divorce um they want to tell or she wants to tell olivia after the family vacation she doesn't want to ruin it ends up the phone rings and Ed's like, I bet that's him. So you're come to believe that she had an affair mm-hmm. that has caused this. She tries to reach for the phone and they drive off the cliff. Um, Essentially, that's what happens. It's a lot more drawn out in, in the book. Yeah. And I actually liked it. I, did I think it was necessary for the movie? No, probably not. But I liked it in the book because you get essentially a whole few chapters of, you know, 
sh- they get stuck. That it's like extremely cold because it's mm. snowing and there's a snowstorm, all this stuff. And she essentially has to like care for her husband and her daughter and pray and hope that someone saves them. Yeah. Well, um, and to to go back even further, they actually make it to the cabin. That's right. They do. They make it to some motel that they're staying at. Her daughter finds out because they're fighting in the hallway and refuses to stay. And she's like, I want to go home. So then on their way back during yeah. the snowstorm is when everything happens. But yeah, so they're, they're, you know, caught off a cliff and they, she essentially tries to keep them alive. She does end up, um, keeping them somewhat alive to the point where they go to the hospital, but her husband actually died while, they were there. Mm-hmm. Her daughter makes it to the hospital, but then essentially eventually dies. And then she's the one that survives. So yeah. for anyone to go through something like that, that is extremely traumatizing. Right. So I can see why she felt like she could, she wanted to keep them alive in her head. And yeah. she constantly talks to them on a daily basis. So makes sense. Yeah. And in the book, we actually find out who she had an affair with. So that right. gets completely written out That's in the movie. Right. It was the therapist, right? No, it was her partner. So she. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So she had a like practice. A practice, and the the other therapist that she worked with is the one that she had the affair with. She actually tried to, or he tried to, like reach out to her when everything happened, mm-hmm. and she like wanted nothing to do with him, and that's kind of what spiraled her into becoming an agoraphobic and everything like yeah. that. But she does at some point try to reach out to him. Once all this is happening and he's like, I, w- I don't really want anything to do with you. Yeah. Like, you shooed me away and I'm trying to just get over it yeah. at this point. I did miss some of this backstory. Yeah. Just because it just made it so much more, like, believable, I mm-hmm. guess, of why she's in the house and yeah. the way she is. It just felt like it was so brushed over in the movie. I agree. You know? So, anyways, she envisions this the accident again and how she tried to call 911. There was no signal, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so now she's kind of snaps back to reality. And the detective tries to tell her, um, you know, this Jane Russell, number two, checks out. Like, this is Alistair's wife. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Anna starts, you know, again, not that she didn't before, but she's like, all right, I really, you know, am messed up and believes that that, you know, Maybe she didn't see what she what she saw in the book. They actually like go into this like weird chapter of like she's envisioning herself drawing the picture, Mm -hmm. you know, pouring those glasses of wine by herself. Well, because uh, like both I think her physical therapist and her therapist were like, you you need to stop like drinking while you're taking these Mm -hmm. meds. These meds already have side effects on their own. Hallucinations being one Mm -hmm. of them. Stop doing that. So she believes she, she starts to believe in herself. Like, okay, well it adds up for me to have created this in my mind, essentially. Yeah. So again, in that point in the book, I was like, all right, well maybe like I was still like (laughs) thinking I knew it was happening, Mm. but I was like, well maybe not sure in the, in the movie, I was like, no, this is this is what's happening, yeah. <laughs> you know? So now it's Monday, and she's talking to her therapist, um, you know, and they, she tells him, you know, she's been sleep, she's been slipping on her meds. She's been having these side effects. Um, we find out that David, at this point, is mo- going to be moving out. So she's basically at rock bottom, and we see her crushing up all of these pills, like oh, basically a mound of pills. Mm-hmm. And she puts them into a, a glass of wine and she sits in front of the camera and, and leaves a suicide video and, and her will and Testament. And she's ready to not 
be in this world anymore. That does not happen in the book. Correct. That is not anywhere in there. She does make plans to commit suicide. Yeah. She has, she, I think she puts a bunch of pills like on her coffee table and intends to take them, yeah. but she doesn't do the whole video thing. Uh, but at this point she ends up going through her care. Cause it, like any of us, it takes us eight takes to, to shoot a video. Right. I'm like, I love that even in her suicide. Now she's like, okay, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she still wants it to be perfect. And she ends up going through her camera roll at this point, And she sees the picture that she took a punch with the wine glass. And again, in the book, it's the sunset video, but she can see Jane one, Jane number one's reflection in the wine glass in that photo. In the book, it's the window, window same yeah. thing. So she's like, okay, I'm not crazy. This woman was actually here. I Now I have actual proof that she was here. I mean, it's a very grainy video or yeah. picture, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at this point, David comes home. He She shows him the picture and he's like, oh, no, like that's Catherine. That's Katie. That's the woman that was downstairs with me that night. Um, that's Ethan. And he's like, yeah, that's Ethan's real mom. Yeah. And, and basically tells David's like, oh, yeah, so that's Ethan's real biological mom, blah, blah. And I was like, wait. David is not the one who broke no, this out. In, I was in the shocked book. that they chose to do it that way in the movie. I was like, why, why would David right. know these things? Yeah, sure, the Katie was talkative, but like that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why would he? T- why would she tell David that, but not the woman she spent the entire night with having right. wine, like right. any of it? Yeah. Um, basically, so they it, we end up finding out that she had Ethan with Alistair in the mm. movie. Alistair is, you know, Ethan's real dad in the movie. And that at about eight months, she bailed Mm -hmm. and was like, or she, when she was eight months pregnant, she bailed on Alistair and she was so afraid, you know, I don't know why she did that, but so ends up after she had the baby, Alistair found her and took the baby with, with him and left her, I think in San Francisco or whatever. That is not what happens in the book. <laughs> no. Um, so she has Ethan with another man. Right. Um, she does end up bailing and he gets adopted by Alistair and Jane Russell too. Right. Um, she does. Uh, Jane Russell one keeps popping up throughout his life, wanting to have a relationship with him. And every time, you know, Alistair's like, no, like you're not stable. This is not okay. Which is ex- essentially what was happening during this Halloween time frame when she Mm -hmm. shows up she was trying to get back into good graces with ethan and alistair and i think in the book um, they mentioned that alistair and jane were out of town during that night and she showed up and the reason that like um anna thought she was you know who she said she was was because she was going and visiting ethan at the house so Mm -hmm. it very much looked like she lived there yeah but she didn't actually live there (laughs) yeah so i don't know why they changed that backstory i don't know but they did (laughs) uh so back at anna's house anna or david is leaving and then we hear a crash downstairs and then we see ethan creepy ethan with a knife and she's like you're supposed to be or he's like they all think i'm at wilderness camp i'm like nobody thought you were at wilderness camp why would we think that you're at wilderness camp (laughs) like it was so weird i was like what in the world so he's just there in the book 
Jane or uh, Anna is the one who calls. She actually calls Ethan to come over. Yeah. She's, I think it's like in the middle of the night and she's like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, yeah. now's not a good time. She's like, no, 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 no. I need to talk to you. Right. And like brings him and she he does eventually come over. Yeah. And so he comes over and he's the one in the book that tells Anna about Jane, right. you know, about his biological mom. Yeah. It's not David who has nothing to do with the story. With it. <laughs> and at that point, when he comes over, mm-hmm. He actually tells Anna who, quote unquote, killed Jane Russell number w- number one. So he actually um, tells Anna that his mom, Jane Russell two, is the one that killed Jane Russell one because she comes home, realizes what's going on and the fact that, you know, Katie at this point yeah. wanted to be back in her life or in his life. And she was afraid that she was going to take him away from her. So she basically stabbed her because yeah. she was so furious. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And Anna buys it. And Anna buys it. (laughs) And go one step further in the book. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the police. But, like, I need to go home first. (laughs) I need to tell them that I'm going to go to the police. Yeah, I need to give them a heads up. And then we're all going to go to the police together. Anna's like, okay. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) What? Um, Yeah, so that's what happens in the book, not what happens in the movie. Um... In the book, when he comes over, this is where I knew for sure. Mm-hmm. 1,000% sure that I knew what was happening. He walks in when she calls him over and he's like, how's Punch's leg? Mm. And I was like, you don't know about Punch's leg because you did it, you right. weirdo. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't know. We, he does. He shouldn't have known that. He, right. you know, whatever. So that's when I knew that Ethan was the, the cat. The cat knew the whole time. <laughs> so... She's he's creepily in Anna's room at this point, and he we're kind of believe that he killed David. Mm-hmm. You know, David's dead downstairs. He's didn't in, happen in the book. Didn't happen in the book because David left. Right. David's gone right. completely at this point. So Ethan ends up telling her, you know, I've been in your house all week. Like I haven't been at wilderness camp. <laughs> Crazy. And which they don't really say in the book. Like, they don't talk about how he's been coming into the house every night. Uh, he mentions it because when he brings up the fact that he took the photo of her. That's he's true. like, I've been, I've been here. That's true. <laughs> I've been hanging out. That's true. I just didn't feel like in the movie they're like, he's been here every single night. Yeah. And I was like, dang, that's a lot. <laughs> um, do they mention it in the movie how he has been coming into the house? Because they do in the book. They say that, like, when she was distracted giving, writing down oh, her phone number, yeah. he stole her key, made yes. a copy, and then returned Yeah, I think back. they do mention that in, yeah. in the movie. Um, and he also talks about, at this point, that he is the one who killed Alistair's assistant. Mm, yes. He's, you know, the assistant that doesn't exist yeah. in the book. Um, that he did actually, you know, kill her, and that's why they had to move. Yeah. Um, that does... Well, not that, but like something like that does happen in the book. They, the reason they had to leave was because he was having, he was starting a unhealthy relationship, I think with somebody in his office. Yeah. They said that it was his dad's boss's wife. He made her feel very uncomfortable. Right. So they're like, (laughs) yeah, we need to move. And that's, so the whole time Alistair's yelling at Anna to stay away Mm -hmm. from Ethan it's because he knows that Ethan is bad, like right. bad news. Not that he was essentially keeping Ethan away from Anna. Right. But Anna was like thinking the opposite. So yeah. Very confusing. <laughs> yes. Again, maybe that's why they had to reshoot this movie. <laughs> um, and one thing that they talk about when Ethan is, you know, confronting Anna and saying that he killed all these people or whatever. He's like, yeah, um, I haven't figured out my pattern yet. Um, 
And we couldn't find out, like, he's trying to be a serial killer at this point. And I was like, you know, me who falls asleep to Criminal Minds every night, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> like, at this one, I was like, all right, I see where we're going here. I kind of like yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, that's not in the book at all. No, in the book, the whole re- the only reason he's there is because he's afraid that she's going to tell on him, right. essentially. Exactly. Uh, but he said he wants to watch her die. And he, you know... He wants to basically make it look like, again, that she committed suicide. But he's like, I want to watch you die. Like, super creepy. Freaking weirdo. And at this point, she ends up hitting him in the head with a wine bottle. Again, girl on the train, corkscrew, woman in the window, wine bottle. Lots of wine. A lot, a lot, a lot of wine. And they, she runs outside, or she runs outside the bedroom. She runs into David, who is still alive somehow. Even though he's bleeding out. (laughs) And he basically stops Ethan, you know, from running after her for a few minutes. And then Ethan, like, finishes David off. So David is officially dead now. Um, And she ends up running up to the roof, which is funny because in any horror movie, you're like, don't run upstairs. Right. (laughs) There's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go. Why are you running upstairs? In the book... It's kind of funny because she, we actually hear her inner dialogue mm-hmm. where she's like, I can't, I am too far from downstairs yeah. to outrun him downstairs, but I can outrun him going upstairs. And I was like, all right, that's like the one excuse you get. But in the book, <laughs> in the movie, we don't get that. Um, so they're upstairs and she has this like garden rooftop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're kind of, you know, he's trying to find her, whatever. And then she's there. All of a sudden, he swings and it's like this garden hoe goes through her face. And I'm like, where did that come from? This is the point in the movie where I was like, WTF garbage am I watching right now? I was like, <laughs> like what? what is this? I was like, what in the actual <laughs> heck is this? Like, my mom's like, oh, and I was like, oh, I was like, that did not happen in the book. And no. So unnecessary right. and like bad gore. Yeah. Like, I love a good horror movie. We all know that. That was just like this horrible, like, gore. It just came out of nowhere. Like, why? Why? Like, literally, Garden Ho in the face. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. It didn't kill her, though. No. Which I don't think it would, but... I mean, no, it would really drastically change the face, yeah. you know, your your face. Um, But yeah, so then she kind of just pushes him. She gets up somehow with a garden hoe in her face. She pushes him and he falls on the moldy, dangerous skylight. And he falls through. He And he's dead. He dead. Bye, Ethan. See ya. <laughs> um, one thing that I really miss, though, during this whole, like, scene that ended up being very anticlimactic in the movie. Um, in the book, we hear Ed and Olivia's voices helping her through yeah. this. Which I was like, why wouldn't you do that in the movie? It was such, like, a kind of a, not cool moment, but, like, it, she had, up until this point in the book, kind of shut those voices down in her head. Yeah. She's like, I need to move on. They're gone. But when she was, like, fighting for her life, she heard Anna and Olivia's voice saying, like, come on, fight. Right. You can do this. Why wouldn't you put that in the movie? I don't know. I don't There's, know. A lot. There's a lot wrong with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> she ends up waking up in the hospital. They tell her that the Russells have been arrested for, you know, covering up these murders of their son. The detective shows up to say that he's sorry, gives her back her phone. And he's like, it was very weird. He's like... I found your phone. Here's this. I found the suicide video. Like, go ahead and delete it so no one else sees it. Yeah. Basically being like, 
if someone finds it, they're going to think that maybe you did this on purpose. Like, it was right. very weird yeah. to me. It, well, he was trying to help her out and basically be like, if you don't want anyone, like, you know, questioning you for any reason, like, yeah. go ahead and delete this. It doesn't happen in the book no. because she doesn't make the suicide yeah. video. But, yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> so then we see that it's nine months later. The house is all packed up. And her and Punch leave. And that's the end of the movie. Um, that's not how the end of the book <laughs> She actually <laughs> ends up staying yeah. in the house. Um, and she starts to work on herself. She gets herself back in and kind of better place. And it ends with her physical therapist mm-hmm. helping her walk out and do her little umbrella tactic mm-hmm. of like getting more comfortable with walking outside. And, yeah. And going know. up to the garden. Yeah. And, and going and getting back to like her normal life essentially. So whatever so there you have it folks um all right so did the movie stay true to the book sure sure Sure. i mean did the same murder happen did the same killer do it sure oh something we forgot to mention we mentioned that she does this agora community Mm -hmm. where you know she talks to people yeah the granny lizzie character who she tried to help Actually ended up being Ethan. Right. He was using that to kind of get in her good graces, find out more about her and her family and stuff like that. So yeah, um, then obviously that's taken out of the movie entirely. But Which they should have kept in. Yeah, that would have been so interesting. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So I mean, I guess you can say that it stayed true to yeah. the, to the book. Um, I think I pretty much know our answer for this one: <laughs> book or movie. Uh, definitely book. Definitely the book. Yeah. I actually enjoyed reading this book. I did too. I, I thought, thought it was, it was a good book. I thought it was very well written. Yeah. Was it the most creative thing ever? No. Absolutely not. But I actually enjoyed reading this one more than Girl on the Train. Okay. I liked it. just the way it flowed. Yeah. The inner dialogue. Um, I, I would agree, only because I I guessed Girl on the Train. Mm-hmm. Um, I did guess, obviously, that her husband and daughter were dead, but I did not guess the twist in this yeah. book. Um, I think if you like this book, you might like The Silent Patient. I don't know if you read it or not, but it's really good. I have not. You should read that one. I'll read it when it becomes a movie because we know it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. Like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple levels for you. We have our rom-com level that gets you episodes 24 hours ahead. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in a future episode and you get access to our bonus content. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. And that's where our Firefly Lane episodes all live too. That's right. That's right. If you've watched that at all, we go episode by episode and break everything down yep uh so up next we are we were gonna do the tom clancy book but we need a little extra time for that one yeah uh so we're going back to a classic a wrinkle in time which i never i've never read really yeah i read it in sixth grade i think yeah so we'll see how that goes it's very short it's only like 200 pages well and the movie is very recent too yeah it's on disney plus (laughs) added bonus (laughs) all right thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye (laughs) 